This is the Heal from Trauma-Bonded Relationships with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Let me ask you this. Are you somebody who has ever found yourself trying to keep the peace in the relationship? You have been trying to make sure that your partner is okay, that they're happy with you. You're trying to do different things to make sure that you don't aggravate them. You're kind of walking on eggshells. You are really apprehensive about saying something or saying something the wrong way or doing something. And you're really, really nervous about how it is that they're going to respond. If you really exposed your true self, if you really wanted to just say whatever it is that is on your mind, and it may be something that you feel like is a big thing, it may be something that you think is a little thing, but regardless of the size of the thing, you just try to keep the peace in that relationship because the aggravation is just not worth it. The consequences of just sharing what it is that you really wanted to share or what it is that's going on for you, or if you were to just explain your position, however it is, if you were to say that you weren't happy about something, if you weren't comfortable with something, you avoid doing all of that because you know that it's going to cause an argument. You know that you're not going to end up being the good person in that situation and you're just going to have to back down. If this is you, I really want you to understand this one thing. Keeping the peace in a relationship should never be the aim of a relationship. I'm just going to leave that one there. If you want to know more, please do get in touch. But I really just want to point this out to you that keeping the peace in a relationship should never be the aim of the relationship. But unfortunately, a lot of people that I am having contact with, a lot of my clients, past clients, current clients, even people who are just messaging me are saying to me something in the realms of, I really don't know what to do. I'm just trying my best to keep the peace. And for me, I find that really upsetting. Because the reality is, is that the longer you keep the peace, the longer you are keeping yourself trauma bonded. And I'm not saying that it's safe for you to exit the relationship. I'm not saying necessarily that it is safe for you to break the peace as such, because everybody's situations are different. Like, I don't know what your personal circumstances are. So it might not feel safe objectively, it might not feel safe subjectively in terms of just how emotionally you are, it might be externally that you're not sure how safe it is because actually your partner has been really threatening of various different things, you might be financially reliable on them, they might be in control of the house and control of the bills, there may be some level of aggression there, some level of violence there and so I completely appreciate that these are things that you are taking into consideration around why it is that you're keeping the peace. But I'm just letting you know that, first of all, the aim of any relationship should not be for you to keep the peace. Because ultimately, if that's all that you're doing, you are being hooked into a trauma-bonded relationship 
And the longer that you're trying to keep the peace, the longer the trauma-bonded relationship remains and you remain hooked into it. And so this is a really painful place to be in. This is a really challenging place to be in. And so I was having a conversation with a client the other day and um, I'm not going to disclose details, obviously, to remain uh, confidentiality and anonymity. But one of the things that this person was saying to me was they'd just gotten out of a 20-year relationship. So it's a really long relationship. They'd just gotten out of it. And they were really bewildered as to why it is they were trying really hard to please the people around them, to make sure that everybody around them was okay, was happy, was content with them. They were trying really hard to not upset anyone around them. And this went for what was going on with this person's marriage with their past partner, um, but also with people that they just met on a general day-to-day basis. So people that they worked with, their colleagues, co-workers, their clients, their um, people that they met at the gym, people that they met at various different community groups, their friends. But they were trying really, really hard to make sure that everybody around them was okay with them, was happy. And so this client of mine was like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm noticing myself doing this, but I just don't quite get it. Like, I know that these people are my friends. Um, I know that the people at the gym, I don't know, they're going to come and go. They might not like me. I don't don't really have any long-term relationship with these people, so... um, you know, it might not be neither here nor there, but but at the same time, I'm just finding myself really trying to please these people, whether they be people that I know of or whether they be just strangers. And it was almost like the sense of trying to keep the peace. And so I said to this person, well, it's tricky because there's two sides to this coin. There's the side of wanting approval But there's also the side of wanting to avoid criticism. And so a lot of us, especially if you've been somebody who's been in really toxic relationships, if you've been in contact with uh, people who have narcissistic tendencies, if you've been in relationships that have involved a lot of big T or little t traumas, ultimately what happens is, is that you become hypersensitive to how that person responds to you. So you are constantly on the lookout of how they behave towards you. You're on the lookout for their facial expressions, for their body language, for their interactions, for the tone of their voice, for how it is that they treat you. You are constantly reading between the lines and the lines themselves, but you are constantly looking for any sign to suggest that this person is not happy with you, this person is not okay with you. And just as a side note, this, by the way, is a complex trauma response, just for your information, for your knowledge. But ultimately what happens is, is that if we are hypersensitive to other people's responses, and so we are constantly on the lookout. We become hypervigilant to make sure that the other person in front of us is okay with us, is happy with us. The real core aim underlying this is because we want them to be okay with us. We want them to approve of us. But also we want to avoid them criticizing us. 
And they're two sides of the same coin in the sense that we've experienced so much criticism. We've experienced feeling not good enough. We've experienced being on edge, trying to make sure that the other person is happy with us and then never feeling like we're completely satisfying that person. And that is a really painful place to be in. Because when you've been in that place, you risk abandonment. You risk that other people just dropping you like a hat or you risk them rejecting you. You risk them criticizing you. There are so many risks involved and all of these risks are incredibly anxiety inducing. And so you do whatever it is that you can do. You kind of scramble around trying to pull yourself together but also trying to suppress your needs, to suppress what it is that you want, to suppress how it is that you want to communicate certain things, what it is that you want to do. You, you keep quiet in order to keep the peace. But like I said, the longer that you keep the peace in this sense, the longer that you're keeping yourself trauma bonded. And it is for this, well, for multiple reasons, but this is one of them. It is because you are suppressing your needs more and more and more. So you're suppressing your need to, let's say, go out with your friends, to see your family, for you to express your religious beliefs, for you to express your sexuality, for you to express your desires to do certain things, for you to just vegetate and not do anything, for you to, I don't know about you guys, but like for me, for example, one of the things that I absolutely love doing is just sitting in my pajamas and my hair is messy and I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> but even for you to express your need to be able to do that, actually that sometimes might feel really uncomfortable because in that moment you risk rejection, aka you're not going to get approval because you're not looking your best, you are not doing something, you're not being super active. But also you are opening yourself to criticism aka you're not working hard to avoid the criticism. So it's really these two main elements that you're wanting approval and you're wanting to avoid criticism. But by trying to keep the peace, you're suppressing every single need that you have that may risk criticism, that may risk rejection. And so the longer that you are suppressing your own needs, the longer that you are not really being yourself within a relationship. And the more that you do that, the more that you slip into losing your own sense of identity. So many people, when you get embroiled into a trauma-bonded relationship because it becomes so confusing and there is just this absolute turmoil of highs and lows there are a lot of intense emotions, but then there's a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of gaslighting and there's a lot of criticism. And there's a lot of cognitive dissonance as well that happens from your part in the sense that it's really hard for you to know what's what. It's really hard for you to clarify what's going on because your fight or flight emotions, your anxiety emotions, the fear that kicks in and that's in full drive. It becomes really taxing for you to figure out what it is that you're doing, but all you know that you need to do is suppress yourself. And the more that you suppress yourself, the more that you end up losing your own identity. And you lose your own identity because you're also trying to please this other person. You're trying to fit in with the image that would be satisfactory for them. But the issue is, is that 
you know what, regardless of the image that you are working towards to satisfy them, sadly, you could never get there because the goalpost always moves. You may briefly get there, you may hit it once, but after that, the goalpost is going to move and it moves and it moves. And so you are forever chasing this dream, forever chasing this vision, this vision of you being approved, of you getting validation, but also of you avoiding that criticism. But the very nature of the trauma-bonded relationship is that criticism is always going to be looming around the corner. It's always going to come back to chase you. And so you're constantly trying to avoid it, but it will always come to you in one way or another. And that in itself is really frightening. And so how is it that we deal with this situation? Well, what is it that we do? First of all, I really want to ensure that everybody here is safe. And clearly, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what is going on for you personally. The primary thing for you to consider is keeping yourself safe. Because often with a trauma-bonded relationship, you end up in a state of feeling unsafe. And it could be in two forms. You are either physically unsafe in the sense that you have physical things that they are in control of. So for example, your finances, the home, having a roof over your head, or it can even be things like physical aggression, physical violence. And obviously that is never okay, but sadly some of us end up in these situations. Or it could be something around feeling emotionally unsafe. So emotionally unsafe would be when you have emotional criticism, when you have emotional attacks, when they are berating you, when they are criticizing you, when they're threatening to leave you, when they're giving you continuous threats around how it is that they're going to treat you. And actually, you never feel like you can just be safe and just relax and just breathe. So the first thing is, is that I really, really urge you to ask yourself, how is it that I can be safe? And how is it that I can truly be safe? And I'm really emphasizing the word truly here because the thing is, is that I come across people where they say, okay, well, I can be safe by keeping the peace. But that's not what I mean. Sure, you're trying to keep the peace in order for you to keep safe for that moment. But the reality is, is that that's not sustainable long term. Because what happens over time is that you're trying harder and harder and harder to keep the peace. But regardless of how hard you try to keep the peace, it always feels like war. And so you're never actually keeping the peace. So keeping the peace may be a strategy for, doing, for protecting yourself, for keeping yourself safe in a really toxic environment. But it's only something that should be used short term. So people develop this strategy to keep themselves safe. It's like a fight or flight response. It's like a safety response. It's a safety mechanism. But like I said, it's only for you to figure out a way in order to gain true safety. So when I'm saying true safety, what would that mean for you? And I suppose you are the only person who can really answer that question. 
And so would it be, I need a physical environment that would keep me safe. So I would need to move in with somebody, with a friend, with a family member, with my parent, with whoever it is. Do I need to be in a different household? Do I need to have therapy? Do I need to have coaching? Do I need to have something for my emotional safety? So I would really consider that question. What do I need to be truly safe? Because that step of constantly trying to keep the peace and then all of a sudden transitioning to disruption, that can feel incredibly anxiety-provoking. And what happens subconsciously is that there is a massive spike in terms of how anxious you feel. And so somehow we interpret that anxiety as being really, really unsafe right? You've been trying to keep the peace for so long to keep yourself safe and it's kind of worked, but not really, not long-term anyway. And so you're literally doing something that is against what you've been trying to do to keep yourself safe. You're literally disrupting the peace as such. And so that in itself can feel really anxiety-provoking. So you know, whenever I have people contacting me, I have one of two people, one of two types of people that contact me. The first type of person who is all in and they're ready to take the step and they acknowledge that it's scary, but they're also ready to do it in order to gain true safety. But then there's a second group of people and the second group of people acknowledge that it's not okay and they acknowledge that it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. But at the same time, they're resistant to taking that step. They're resistant to taking that step because it feels really uncomfortable because they're really frightened. Well, what if it's not safe to take this step in order to gain true safety? And what I would say is, is, well, how safe is it to continue keeping the peace when all you see is war? Like, how safe is it to remain in this toxic and trauma environment? And again, that's only something that you can answer yourself. So, first thing, like I mentioned, is to really try and figure out what it is that would keep yourself truly safe from a physical standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint. And from then, you can start to really consider steps in terms of your own healing, in terms of what it is that you need at your very core. Because through the process of keeping the peace, you have lost your identity. You have tried really hard to suppress everything that you've ever needed. And sometimes you get to a stage where it feels like your identity is a faded memory. And so when you leave this trauma-bonded relationship, sometimes you end up feeling hollow, you feel empty, and it becomes really, really challenging. And so one of the steps to take after we establish that sense of safety is that then you are able to start to really find yourself again because you've been lost for so long. And the more that you find yourself, the more grounded you become and the healthier of a relationship that you can start having again with yourself. And this is really going to have a massive impact of how it is that you have future relationships. And so with that in mind, I would absolutely love to invite you to getting in touch with me and 
letting me know what your thoughts are on this episode. And in fact, please let me know your thoughts on any other episode that I have done so far. And the reason why I'm really urging this is because frankly, some of the time I feel like I'm talking into the ether and I have no idea who's listening to me. Um, And so it would just be really nice to see if this material is helpful for you, because if it is, great. If you're wanting information on something else, then please let me know and I sincerely hope to be of service to you. And until then, take care. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do me two favours. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and rate this podcast so that other people can find support and life-changing information. Until next time, take care.